Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister with you. Kurt, it's good to be with you today, my friend. How are you? It's always good to be with you, my friend. It's been a little bit of time. I know we've been a little bit inconsistent here in the past few weeks, and mm. we do apologize for that, but uh, I will stand here and I will promise you that we will become a little more consistent here now that we are just under three weeks away from NFL football kicking off here, my friend. Two weeks from Thursday, and uh, no preseason has really just made this uh, this this hunger for football just kind of grow. So, um, yeah, two weeks from Thursday, we got uh, Texans Chiefs rematch of what was at the divisional round last year. So, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, today we are joined by Detroit Lions writer Benjamin Raven. Ben, glad to have you on. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Thank you for having me. Thank you, as always, for coming on. So, um, really convenient timing for us today because um, the Detroit Lions decided not to have practice today in light of the recent events in Wisconsin, uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Um, This is something that we haven't really seen in terms of the NFL where, um, almost any sport really, where an entire team just makes a stand and makes sure that everybody knows where they stand on everything. So, what was going on there today in Detroit, and what made the team come to this decision? Yeah, it was a pretty different day from our perspective, too. Uh, the practice was supposed to start at uh, 10.30 in the morning, I believe it was, and then it kept getting back, uh, backed up later in the day, and we were told that the team was having a meeting, so practice was going to be at 1.15. So about 1.30 rolls around. We're still sitting in the same parking lot we've been in since about 9.30, so it's like, yeah. all right, what's going on? And then uh, – uh, the communications director was like, hey, why don't you guys uh, join by the door? Give us some space. Uh, the team's going to be walking out here in a second. And all of a sudden, we just see that whiteboard roll out that says we cannot go on. And it's like, oh, this, so we're not doing this. This wasn't delayed for some stupid football reason. These guys were like coming up with some like life plans here. I mean, just like, I mean, it's just like I've, I've, most of my replies have been like, man, I cannot even imagine this team doing this two years ago in Patricia's first year. And it's right because it's like, this is a unified outspoken team. You know, I've covered this team for more than a year now, like every single day. And this is the most Twitter activity I've ever had out of this roster. Like this was a never tweet team. The, 
the guys who tweeted got traded it seems like last season <laughs> and it's just like so now it's just uh, I mean just a uh, powerful Taylor Decker Trey Flowers Deron Harmon just uh, gave some powerful remarks in front of the facility and then we had immediate Matthew Stafford zoom session Matt Patricia zoom session just I mean just and no football just all social justice all Jacob Blake what they can do to help out yeah I mean it's it was like Jerry like you said we've never really seen this before and it's 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 good to see you know you don't you know you don't want the circumstances obviously but you like to see these players realize that it's more than just football it's more there's more thing there's more important things going on in this world and I mean it's 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 I can't imagine what it'd be like to be there where where you were to see it firsthand but it, it was powerful to see but um I mean Ben do you think we see this going forward any other days coming up maybe not tomorrow but maybe in the next couple of days here or do you think it was just kind of a a one time you know get get the word out see where the team is standing at and uh and that and that's it you know with the lions it's uh they taylor decker said they're gonna have next steps they're gonna have next things like this you know they're coming together to think about that and i mean it's it's wild the lions today announced a partnership with the secretary of state in michigan they're going to use ford field to hold ballots and like equipment for, to, to protect the integrity of detroit's elections you know some of the most challenging elections to pull off in the nation it's just like they're getting involved i mean they're getting involved in several ways across the board from stafford to flowers to jalen reeves maven up and down the roster these guys are helping out in the public and it'll be interesting to say uh, they've got some big things planned it sounds like and by today, I mean, this was unprecedented. I know that word gets thrown around a lot, especially in this era, but just I can't really explain the feeling when that whole team walked out with that whiteboard because it's the NFL. You don't expect that. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a wake-up moment right there as a human being. Do you think that the whole um, – the the social media movement with all the players, you know, of recent months, do you think that kind of gave them more confidence to be able to realize, hey, we can do this and know that we're going to be backed up? Yeah, because uh, I think that was the focus, the, this weird offseason, the virtual. I remember talking right after the George Floyd stuff and just mm -hmm. like they were coming together, having tough conversations. Frank Ragnall was doing whole Zoom sessions on white privilege. Like it was just like kind of like, OK, things are changing. Like we could we could tell things were changing about May, late April. But I don't think we thought they were changing this fast to the point where an NFL team was canceling a practice and an crazy hampered off-season training camp to this point so it's just it's a serious business they're they're about that life all of a sudden like 100 percent all the way in no questions asked yeah I, I mean we've seen that we've seen an outcry across america really but especially in sports too we see um i don't know if you guys saw the news today that there's rumors that the toronto raptors are thinking about you know sitting out a game and not playing against the boston celtics just to you know say that there's more important things going on in this world than just sports obviously we love sports sports are a great outlet for us to you know give us pleasure and maybe a, a distraction from some of our stressful lives but there's more important things going on in this world and and they're they're really trying to stress that and show to people hey you need to you know get right and realize what's going on around us because a lot of people are just kind of blind to what's going on in this world and it's it's kind of scary Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think I have the way I look at this today is, oh, you don't want to, you want us to stick to sports? Well, you don't get to stick to sports if we don't get to be human beings. Right. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's yeah, a way to look at it. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that people on the other side of this, for some reason, there's still people on the other side of this to begin with. Um, that's what they either fail to realize, they choose not to realize is the fact that 
yes, these are, you know, almost superhuman athletes, but they're human. <laughs> they're allowed mm -hmm. to have feelings. They're, they're no different in terms of that than you and I are. And we're no different in that just because we cover sports, we talk about sports. That doesn't make us, you know, doesn't disqualify us from having opinions on these issues because it, as long as we speak out about things that they care about, you know, if it's sports related, they're going to follow mm -hmm. us to the end. But as soon as we make some sort of political statement with the platforms that we have or the players do it, it's all of a sudden a civil war between fans and players who may not agree. And that's always, that's never sat right with me. And we're going to see more of that. You know, this is, this isn't something that's going to go away. So, you know, either you can, you know, understand that athletes are human beings and are going to speak out about these issues, or you can stop watching. I think those are your two options. You know, if you decide to stop watching, you know, the game's not really going to miss you. So um, <laughs> that, that's yep. pretty much my, my standpoint on it. But um, Kurt, I'll let you, I'll let you throw your thoughts in there as well. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. We've, it seems like all throughout this 2020, all these, these crazy times, We've, we've had some serious talks on this podcast because there's very serious things going on in this world. And, um, I mean, you, you know, you know, my standpoint and it's just as, as much as I would love to say, let's just look forward to football. Let's just, you know, get on with the season so we can have a good time. Other things need to be taken care of and it's not going to be snap of the fingers quick. It's everything's going to be okay. But I think, educating people i think learning i myself i've honestly learned so much throughout throughout all of this um it's just it's been an experience for everybody and everybody you know reacts a little different but i'm hoping crossing my fingers praying that you know we can all as a nation as a as a world as a human race just just move on and and be better than than all of this really mm -hmm. yeah. ben any final words yeah it just starts with listening i mean we're human beings. Those players are human beings. We're going to have feelings. And I get that you might not want to hear it when you're trying to sit back and read about the Lions or watch the Lions on Sunday. But at the end of the day, there's stuff going on that is stripping these men of their basic human rights that people that look like me are, you know, we don't get second looks from people like Taylor Decker was saying today, like he's got a teammate. His mom calls him every night to make sure he gets home safe from a 23 minute drive home. And Taylor Decker's like, I was driving home the other night with a headlight out. I got an Arizona plate. I got a Michigan license. I'm a giant 6'8 tattooed guy, and I wasn't worried about a single thing going on. And it's just like the second people can recognize that there are two separate worlds out there is, a sep is the moment we can start moving forward because, you know, this denial is not working anymore. And, I mean, like you said, I mean, people are going to stop watching because of this, but this isn't going away. As you can see, the Lions just canceled practice two and a half weeks before their first game. This is more important than football. This was more important than football and always will be moving forward. Very well said. So I think that's a solid place to leave that part of the conversation because, you know, there is still football to talk about. And this is a, this is a Detroit Lions team that, you know, they have some solid expectations, at least from me, they've got high expectations. You know, I look at this team, Darius Slay is obviously gone, um, but you look at who they brought, they signed Desmond Trufant, they draft Jeffrey Yakuta. that secondary looks very good. Um, offensively, Matthew Stafford was playing at an MVP type level before he went down midway through uh, last season. And there are a few calls away at that point from maybe being a five and three, six and two team. So, for me, they're a team that's going to be probably the first team out of the playoffs. I think I have them at nine and seven. Um, how do you feel about, obviously, you know, you, you cover Detroit. You've got uh, a much better look at them than 
the average person does. So how are you feeling? How do they look in camp? First of all, how do you feel about them going into the season? Everyone that is excited about this Lions offense is completely justified in being excited about this Lions offense. I mean, through one week of camp, Matthew Stafford looks exactly as he did before that injury out in Oakland this year. I mean, he's throwing it down the field more than ever before. And he's got guys like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, who just like, if Stafford throws it up to one of those guys and they can get an eye on it, they're catching it. Like those Mm -hmm. guys are so underrated. Galladay led the league in touchdowns. Jones had nine touchdowns in 13 games last season. I mean, then you look at TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I'm trying not to buy into the training camp hype and how good he's looking against second string safeties, but I mean, he, he is like not, the ball doesn't hit the ground when Stafford throws it to either Hawkinson or Amendola. I mean, if Matthew Stafford comes out and he's throwing that deep ball better than ever and more often than ever before, like he was last year, like this team is scary because then you look at Marvin Hall as their fourth or fifth wide receiver. Yeah. Quintus Cephas, who might be the fifth wide receiver. And he looks like a mini Megatron out there in training camp. I mean, my goodness, the body control on this guy, Lions fans have been in my mentions for months about how slow his 40 time was, but this guy, there's like a 40 inch vertical in there. It's a weird, he's got a weird deal going on because he's slow, no separation, no separation. Then it's out the gym. But the big question for that offense is just going to be that offensive line. You know, that's the only thing that could hold them back. But other than that, this team is going to put some points on the board. I, I think, I think, you know, maybe, maybe not, I'm not going to say they got it figured out, but I think if anything, the offense, I think they got figured out. I mean, they, they are, they got some solid pieces on that team, like you said, but I think, you know, the big question mark is going to be that defense. The the yeah. defense, they, they did take a hit in losing uh, Darius Slay. You know, I think, I think the, the move had to be done, but um, Jared, you mentioned that secondary. I like the secondary a lot. I'm, I'm not in love with, with the rest of the defense there, but I, I am really, I'm in love with that offense. Uh, quietly that's going to be a fun offense to watch because you bring in DeAndre Swift who arguably could have been the best running back in that draft I was extremely high on TJ Hawkinson coming out of the draft I wanted my Buffalo Bills to take him and you know we we see tight ends kind of struggle a little bit coming into the league when they're when they're young rookies and I think that could be the case for this guy I mean he he might take a few years maybe two three years down the road and he could be an absolute beast because at Iowa, he was a monster there. So I'm loving this. I've always loved Matthew Stafford. You, it's kind of hard to hate on Matthew Stafford because <laughs> there's really no reason to. He's done nothing but produce, and he's such a good guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think the Lions got some, some positive vibes going on here because going, going in the future, here, they, they could be a team to reckon with. But I, I think maybe they're, they're a few years out here on that defense, uh, I think. Yeah, talk to me about that front seven, Ben, because, you know, obviously the secondary kind of reloaded and revamped, but the front seven's kind of something that's a little bit up in the air right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, obviously, offensive line, they're looking at possibly starting two rookies on the offensive line. Jonah Jackson looks locked into the one-guard spot that Graham Glasgow vacated, and then Big V over from Philadelphia, the $45 million swing tackle that's hardly ever started. (laughs) We'll see how that goes over there. Uh, he's going to be a heck of a run blocker, but uh, he's got to figure out the pass block. And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, the key to this one, it's going to be the Okwara brothers. If those guys can come in, I mean, Romeo Okwara was almost non-existent last year after posting seven and a half sacks in 2018. If Julian Okwara, the third round pick can come in, they can get some pressure on the other side of Trey Flowers. That defensive line has got a chance, but uh, my main problem is the linebackers. They've got so many guys that are so similar. Uh, Jamie Collins, if he can do, Jamie Collins things of 2016 or even last year a little bit they're going to be improved but 
I mean, no sacks, no pressure, left their DBs on islands all last year. I mean, it's all about getting pressure and maybe blitzing once every game or so. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, we'll see what happens on that one. Ben, what did you uh, – I mean, it, we're, we're a little delayed here. I know that uh, it's been some time since it happened, but I, I kind of want to get your take on the Darius Slade trade because that was, that was a big move in this offseason. We didn't really see a ton of moves get made. Um, like I said earlier, I think, you know, the Slade move had to be done. He was, he was kind of calling for it. It seemed like he was pretty excited once he got traded. And I think the Eagles were a right choice for him. I don't what, what do you, what are your takes on, you know, the return for him and kind of what, what the team's going to do without him really? Yeah, it's always a tough sell when you give up the most passing yards in the league and then <laughs> trade a former all pro corner for a third round pick. So, but uh, you know, I mean, you look at it last year's trio was Coleman, Slay and Melvin. This year's is Trufant, Okuda, and Coleman. And honestly, that trio is better even than Slade being in there. So it's just kind of like, like you said, I think it was a move that needed to be done because I, I mean, we all had a feeling it was going to get done. We kind of all had a feeling it was going to get done around the trade deadline, to be completely honest with you. But, uh, and then his complete reaction, how happy he was <laughs> and the just trash and Matt Patricia on the way out the door was like, oh my goodness, is it 2017 again? But uh, <laughs> Just like, I, I don't know, you know, I think they made the best of a bad situation. It was a bad situation. They got Okuda, they got Trufant, Coleman's back, Awarie's looking better. You know, I think this group has a chance to be a little better and it's not that Slay was a distraction or anything because he wasn't. Great. He was a great player. He just did not mesh well with that regime and it came to an end. You know, it had to, I feel like. Like you Armani, said. Armani Oruare, Penn State yeah. pride. Got to love me some, hmm, some right. Penn State cornerback. So um, <laughs> the other big draft pick, obviously, was DeAndre Swift. on Johnson is a solid starter, but I think more and more today we're seeing that it's about the one-two punch at halfback, um, whether it be now in Baltimore with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, whether it be when Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram were together, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. I think now, you know, this has always been a very pass-heavy offense, relying a lot on Matthew Stafford. How do you think that the addition of DeAndre Swift to go with on Johnson uh, could help the passing game? And do you think that the run game can kind of take that next step? Yeah, I do, because I think they did. They made the smart moves on the offensive line. The run game's going to be improved up front. And, you know, with on, it's just about staying on the field. He's just got to stay on the field. But DeAndre Swift, I mean – it, it really looks like they're going to use this guy in an Alvin Kamara type role in this offense. The way he's kind of rotating out to the slot, you know, if he's in the backfield, he's usually in motion to get out into that slot or into the flats or something like that. And my beat partner talked to Dan Orvlowski the other day and he's like, they've got to use him like Kamara. And then that next day we, that, we just watched him as a pass receiver. And I'm like, this guy, why did Georgia not throw to this guy 50 yeah. times last <laughs> season? Because he is unbelievable in the passing mm -hmm. game. I, I think that's a really fun combination. You know, it's just all about carrying on, staying healthy. And then obviously if they can get Bo Scarborough back, they've got a three-headed monster there. you got your pass catcher, you've got your slasher, and you've got your power. But, uh, hey, Swift, you know, he's going to be a number one back before too long because he looks like the real deal. And that was, like you said, best running back in the draft, in my opinion. You know, yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> to Go point ahead. out one more other thing because uh, West Hills running back out of Slipper Rock University, my, yeah. my college that I go to, so – I couldn't go without talking about Wes Hills, and he had uh, two touchdowns in his debut last season. So hoping for big things from Wes Hills just so I can always point out on Twitter, hey, he went to my school. So <laughs> hoping for big things from Wes Hills should something happen. Kurt, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, the I, rock, I, was, the rock. I was just going to move on to uh, move on to the standings here and away from Slippery Rock. Sorry to do that. There's, <laughs> there's not a, there's not much else we could talk about with Slippery Rock, but uh, I do want to talk about the NFC North here because it as bad of a division as it has been in past years. It looks like it may be trending towards a little bit more of a competitive division here. Um, I still think the Packers, it's their division, but you know, that second place spot, it's between the bears, lions and Vikings. They're all in similar positions here. You know, the bears are kind of, you know, in purgatory here with their quarterback situation. They don't really know what they're going to do, but the lions are trending up. The Vikings seem like they've, you know, they made some changes this off season. They added in some nice pieces here, but I don't know that that second place spot here, we, we can kind of break it down here because I think maybe we can all agree that this is the Packers division, but um, Jared, I'll, I'll let you go ahead for, to start here. You could talk about uh, the NFC North here and, and maybe your, your second place team. Well, I had Detroit finishing second going nine and seven. Um, I think that the bears are a tire fire until they figure out their quarterback situation. Um, I don't think that Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky is the guy going forward. And I think that they think that too. Um, obviously, you know, they didn't pick up the option for Trubisky. So this is really a somewhat of a make or break year for him. Um, Minnesota, you know, I see a lot of people picking them to win the division. I, I have them trending down for, by a solid margin. I think they're going to be competitive, but I had them finishing seven and nine. Um, I think that they lost, um, you know, losing Stefan Diggs obviously hurt. We'll see how Justin Jefferson fills those shoes. Adam Thielen's obviously still there. Um, but in terms of their defense, Everson Griffin being gone, that's a big loss. And I don't think people realize how, you know, how much of an impact he had. I love Daniel Hunter, but their secondary um, is also getting older. I'm not too much a believer in their secondary either. So I think Minnesota is trending down a little bit for me. Um, and the Bears are going to be, you know, I think a 5-11, 6-10 and 10 team at best. But, um, yeah, I, I really like Detroit in second. Um, I still have Green Bay winning the division um, as long as, you know, Captain America wearing 12 is still there. Um, but, no, I, I like Detroit a lot this year. I think they're going to be competing for a wild card spot. I think that Minnesota takes a step back, and I think uh, Chicago is going to be in the, the Justin Fields of Trey Lance sweepstakes. <laughs> ben, you might be a little uh, a little biased here, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead and, <laughs> and uh, talk about maybe your Lions taking that, that silver spot in second place there. Yeah, it's uh, the NFC North, I mean, as a whole, looks like a terrible, absolutely terrible, just from start. <laughs> but, uh, because, I mean, I, I want to like the Vikings, but I feel like you can never rely on that many rookies. Like, whether mm -hmm. a couple of those rookies stand out and really play out of their minds, right. just like that, they're relying on a lot of rookies to replace bona fide pros. There's going to be a step back there. And Everson Griffin, I mean, he's known around these parts as a lion killer. So, I mean, <laughs> Detroit fans have been celebrating that up and down. So, I, I think it's between Minnesota and Chicago in those three and four spots, just because, like you said, with Trubisky, are they committed to Trubisky or not? Because the Mitchell Trubisky I watched in person twice last year destroyed the Lions. So, um, I always tell people I've got a very bad read on Trubisky because he looked amazing the two games I watched last year. But no. In his, in his defense, Ben, he was going up against, you know, David Blau <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It's true. It's true. No, yeah, it, it's just Chicago, they've, they've got a mess on their hands. You know, that defense is going to be legit, but uh, you got to score points. And then you look at the Lions and we talked about the Lions, but yeah, the Packers, you know, <laughs> you, you feel like Aaron Rodgers is enough to kind of sit at the top of those, those theoretical standings before the season. Uh, you know, the Packers are weird. They're definitely, they definitely weren't that 13 and three team, you know, as good yeah. as that 13 yeah. and three record, but you know, they still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have Aaron Jones. They've got 
the thigh master backing up Aaron Jones in the backfield <laughs> now too. And it's just like they had a weird draft, they had a weird offseason, but they still have Aaron Rodgers. And you know right. the weirdest thing about that, and this doesn't get talked about enough. So this is the Packers went two and zero against the Lions last year without leading for a single second. Yeah, across both games, last second walk off wins really? both okay. times. Okay, I, so, I didn't even know that honestly. That's that was first, news to me. Yeah. Interesting. First time NFL history that's ever happened that a team went zero and two without trailing for a second. So. <laughs> wow! Only the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's <laughs> a Lions only stat. <laughs> <laughs> ben, have we, have, uh, I haven't really, you know, paid attention, but uh, have you heard anything on, on the Lions uh, and their state of allowing fans coming into games uh, at any point this season? Um, they're going to reevaluate after the first two games. The entire NFC North is no fans through two games, and then the Lions are going to check things out November 1st. I think they host the Colts that week, and they're going to see okay. if it's a go or not. But Michigan, as a state, has been pretty strict on that. When I reached out to the governor's office for comment, they're like, no fans. And we're like, oh, all right. Straight, well, straight and dry. I like it, but uh, that, that seems like that—that that is the trend for a lot of teams. Even though we have seen a couple teams announce that fans will be allowed, so it, it'll be interesting. And um, I don't know. I—I don't—I don't necessarily like the idea of you know one team allowing fans, one team not allowing fans. But who am I? I'm—I have no pull whatsoever <laughs> as what the NFL is going to do. So uh, that's just my opinion. I don't know. No, I hear you. It should have, I felt like it should have been a uniform decision, too. Mm-hmm. But, hey, what are you going to do, I guess? What are you going to do? It is you weren't going to stop Miami from hosting fans. Yeah. I knew that one was coming. <laughs> as long as we have football, that's, that's all I care about, honestly. If it goes smooth and we can watch football, I will be a happy man. Absolutely. We will see the Detroit Lions in action, what is it, two weeks from this coming Sunday. So we are getting closer and closer by the day. Benjamin Raven, we appreciate you coming on, man. I uh, definitely enjoyed having you on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. All Thanks, right. Ben. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk to you maybe uh, in the middle of the season or something when the Lions are going on a run. It sounds good. Get a hold of me. All right. All Have right. a good one, Thanks, Ben. Thanks, All right. And that is Benjamin Raven, Detroit Lions B writer. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this already, Kurt. You know, I like the Lions a solid amount. I think Kenny Galladay – by the end of the season, will be a bona fide top five receiver. I, I am so high on Kenny Galladay that I, if, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to feel, you know, obviously, like, ah, you know, <laughs> I've been really high on this guy, you know, all offseason. I like Matthew Stafford a lot. I think that, you know, you look at just how good that he was playing before the injury last year, and then, you know, realistically how the team could have been, you know, a five and three or, or a six and two team if not for – you know, a, a blown fourth quarter against the Cardinals week one, an, an invisible hands-to-the-face call against Green Bay on Monday Night Football. So this is a team that, while, you know, it seems like they're kind of revamping, reloading, I think that they've got enough ammo in the tank to really make some noise this year. I think, you know, I think they could they can make a little noise, maybe not a lot of noise. I, I'm just not sold on that defense. I, I love Matt Stafford. I'm, I'm actually really excited to watch that offense. I, I really am. But that defense just kind of scares me. I mean, they, they lead the league in passing yards allowed. They really can't stop all the teams on the run. You know, the, like Ben was saying, that, that front seven is just kind of – there's a lot of question marks there. So, you know, I, I'm interested in watching this team, but I still do think that they are maybe two, two. I'd say two years away, two good years away, if that front office can put the right pieces in place. But 
I don't know. Matt Patricia hasn't really shown too much in his two years in Detroit so far. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And I think that today was a big step in terms of unification. And that's obviously a big thing for any NFL team going forward. Right. So you like to see it. And uh, we'll see how Detroit plays this year. Um, that once we, will. we get two weeks from Sunday when we have our first Sunday of NFL football since, was it? The first full Sunday since around January in the playoffs. So very much excited about that. We've got other news, though, as well around the NFL. Um, sticking to your neck of the woods up in Lake Erie, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> have been bitten by one hell of an injury bug uh, the past couple of days. They lose uh, second-round draft pick safety Grant Delpit for the year with an Achilles. Greedy Williams, very promising. Their second cornerback uh, who starts alongside Denzel Ward. He's expected to miss significant time with a shoulder injury. You told me before the show went on, Mac Wilson got carted off. The Browns are dropping like flies, my guy. <laughs> it, it seems like every day that I go on Twitter, I see a new Browns injury that I don't even mean to see because I don't really follow anybody from Browns Twitter. But uh, I don't know. It's just you hate to see it because, I mean, you hate to see in injuries with any team, but you hate to see it just because you want to see this Browns team in full potential because – they have just been calling for this team to be Super Bowl contenders, top of the uh, division, just powerhouse team. And it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to see that again because they're going to be missing pieces. So I don't know. And I also did see a tweet today from uh, one of the Browns reporters at camp that said it was just an ugly day for the offense, which blows my mind how that's possible with the amount of talent on that <laughs> offense with the new offensive line, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, you name it. The, Austin Hooper, new running backs. I mean, it's just – it doesn't make sense to me how this team is not putting it together yet. And I don't know if that just comes down to Baker Mayfield or what it could possibly be, but it, it's it's puzzling. It, it makes no sense to me. That's the biggest question, I think, though, is that can Baker Mayfield take that step forward, especially in a division where Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers are back and healthy, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are still there. The Bengals and Joe Burrow, I mean, we just had – um, you know, Bengals tight end on a few weeks ago. Um, so I think that, you know, you look at their offense, it's nothing to slouch at with the uh, trio wide receivers. Their defense is a little bit better. Joe Mixon's still there. So, I mean, the Bengals aren't a slouch by any means of the term. So I think that, you know, obviously injuries are something that are going to happen. You can't control them, but at the same time, injuries happen, you know, all over the board. So you got to be able to have that guy who can really rally the troops and bring them forward. And is Baker Mayfield that guy? I think that guys – I think he's proven that he's got the energy um, to really have guys rally around him. But in terms of winning games that matter, you know, against mm -hmm. quality teams, we haven't really seen that yet. We'll see if Kevin Stefanski and company can, can kind of take them to the next level. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think Baker's the quarterback of that draft that has the most pressure on him. I, I think, you know, we, we've talked about the pressure that Josh Allen has because he's got all the talent around him, but – Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. The Browns put a lot of hope into this guy, and it hasn't seemed to really pay off yet. He, he came in his rookie year, and, you know, he won that overtime game against the Jets, and everybody was calling for him to put up a statue outside of uh, First Energy Stadium. So, I don't – you know, I liked Baker coming out of college, and I still I still do like him. I still think that he, he's got the talent. I don't think he's really a bad quarterback. I think he's still young. I think he's still got a lot to figure out. But he's really got to put it together because you know Browns fans, and they've, they've dealt with a lot, of, a lot of losing in their life. So they're not going to really put up with 
another two seasons of losing football from their number one overall quarterback because we've seen them move on from plenty of quarterbacks in the history. <laughs> here, so. Uh, that, I don't know. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to watch watch those Browns this year and uh, see how Baker Mayfield fares. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Cleveland is very tired of being a losing team. So, you know, we've seen them go through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback throughout our lifetime, and uh, we'll see if Baker Mayfield can right the ship or if he's just going to be another notch in that never-ending quarterback carousel. <laughs> Uh, the poor Browns fans. I, do, I really do feel for you. Uh, Browns and Bills are very similar. They're, they always have been. We've always struggled. But it seems like they're both on the up and up. But I don't really want to get too confident because I've had my heart broken many a times, not just from ladies, but uh, from football teams <laughs> as well. So, How dare anybody ever break your heart, you and that strong uh, statured body of yours. yes yes exactly as uh as nobody can see me i do have a face for radio so that's why <laughs> we have a podcast here my friend but uh as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we will be getting more consistent i promise i promise because we were we were going on a run there for a while during the off season when nobody was doing anything but sitting around during quarantine and we had a lot of great nfl players on um, it's a little tough right now just because guys are in training camp, but um, I do promise that we have had talks with a lot of guys and it seems like we got some good stuff lined up for maybe once the season gets going and once training camp kind of calms down a little bit here. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff on the way. So uh, keep along with us. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. You can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Uh, all your bill stuff, all your football stuff. You can find us uh, at Laces Out PTST for our new episodes, our new announcements, whatever you need. If you just want to talk, we will be there. And where can I find you, my friend? That's what they call a segue in the business, my guy. <laughs> you can find me at Jay Bailey NFL. Uh, find all my new Steelers content on Pro Football Network. Two new articles in the past week on Devin Bush and TJ Watt. Uh, so those are up right now on Pro Football Network. Um, find more of my stuff on Fansided. Um, and keep following us for more content and more of the football that you crave and love from your two favorite college students who enjoy talking about it. So we that appreciate, we we, appreciate we will you guys soon, listening. We will soon have week one. Uh, like you said, two weeks from Thursday, we got NFL football finally. So the the long wait and the, the horrible year of 2020 will <laughs> maybe not be over yet, but uh, we are, you know, positive vibes everybody keep keep your head up we will we're almost out of this year and you know maybe the second half will be a little bit better yes this has been the wettest fart of a year that we could have possibly thought of so That's one way hopefully to put it. hopefully the uh, the nfl coming back can uh can at least clean it up a little bit so we're looking forward to two weeks from thursday and uh having patrick mahomes and deshaun watson face off in a on a grudge match from the divisional round so we're getting closer and closer my friend yes we are that we are so uh yeah, like we said, follow us along on Twitter, and uh, we will have another episode next week for you guys. Uh, not really sure exactly what we'll do, but I'm sure we'll we'll plan something nice. Maybe it'll probably be the day of recording, but, you know, it, it'll get out there. We'll figure it out. Hey, we, uh, we can put stuff together last minute and make it work as we did today. <laughs> Again, thank you to Benjamin Raven for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you guys within the week. This is Laces Out. Kurt Hamas or Jared Bailey, thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.